0: you <laughs> morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, December 13th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, let's get right into talk about Ohio State and Clemson. Just what are your general thoughts on this matchup?
1: Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that Ohio State didn't hold on to that number one seat. It is what it is. All, all steam towards Clemson. My mindset about this whole matchup is, uh, if you can beat Clemson, I truly believe Ohio State will win the national championship. I think besides Ohio State, these are the two best teams in college football. To me, in my mind, this semifinal game is the national championship game. Right now, Clemson is peaking. They're playing their best football. Trevor Lawrence is playing his best football. And this Clemson team, they're just absolutely wiping the floor uh, with the ACC teams. But I will tell you this, Dave. I don't think Clemson has been challenged. They haven't been hit in the mouth all year besides North Carolina, and North Carolina had them on the ropes. Everyone that they played against in the ACC has been absolute dumpster juice. Those guys are terrible, and they're going to be matching up against uh, a similar talent skill set when it comes to Ohio State. We have the horses. We have the athletes to go toe-to-toe with those guys, and I'm going to be curious to see how they react. I think, uh, you know, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game in the Big Ten Championship and the adversity that they faced against Penn State, um, and then just having that game against Michigan, I think that really, uh, tested Ohio State because I can't remember a time where Ohio State went Penn State, Michigan, and Big Ten Championship. It looked like in that first half in the Big Ten Championship, those guys were a little gassed. Their legs were a little heavy, um, because of, going back-to-back big-time games, but I'm excited for it because I think it's an opportunity to really uh, push the college football narrative that Ohio State is back um, as far as in the title hunt because nobody really expects the Buckeyes to win this game, and as long as they come out, play their game, play discipline, sure up the defense early on and don't let Trevor Lawrence go wild, Ohio State has every opportunity to win this football game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the national pundits, if you listen just, you know, read between the lines of what, you know, Clemson is saying and you don't need to read between the lines of what their fans are saying. You know, it's almost like Ohio State's a two-touchdown underdog in this game. Ohio State is a two-point underdog in this game. I love that Ohio State's an underdog. I love that Clemson has no respect for Ohio State. As you mentioned, Clemson has not been punched in the mouth yet. Ohio State will punch them in the mouth. Now, Clemson will punch Ohio State in the mouth too, but Ohio State's been punched in the mouth before, this year, and they've they've had a pretty good chin. Um, we'll see how Clemson reacts, and they're a great team, so maybe they'll react just fine, but we don't know. I mean, you know, as, as the great Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan so they get punched in the mouth, so we'll see what happens. Clemson favored by two points. I feel like they have no respect at all for Ohio State. They're overconfident. And I think that plays right into Ohio State's hands again. It doesn't mean that that's going to mean Ohio State's going to win the game, but I, I keep thinking that you know, not that Urban Meyer's coaching this team, but, you know, Ohio State just feels like they have, even during the trestle air, when they're an underdog, there's something about Ohio State, especially this Ohio State team, Jay Book, as you and I have talked about many times, this is the most talented Ohio State team, the best Ohio State team that you and I have seen, and, you know, I mean, they have more than a puncher's chance against Clemson. I feel like this is a 50-50 game, and, you know, uh... I'll just. I'm going to pick Ohio State. I know how I am. I'm going to end up picking Ohio State. I'm, you know, I'm not overly confident, but you know, just speak about how Clemson might be a little bit too confident, and how that might play in Ohio State's favor.
1: Right. You took the words out of my mouth because I was going to say
0: um,
1: the Ohio State program when they play that underdog role, they've had a huge amount of success. Um, if you look at it, uh, pretty much, you know, Vegas opened the line as Ohio State minus one. Um, all the money right now is on Clemson, pretty much 74%, 75% of all the cash that's being wagered right now is on Clemson. So a lot of people um, believe Clemson is going to roll in this game, but I really, really like this Ohio State football team in the underdog role, as you mentioned, because my my philosophy um, when it comes to sports in general is anytime you have a really talented football team that is motivated, focus and they feel disrespected, that is a very, very dangerous recipe. That football team, if they find a way to play their game and elevate their game while playing with reckless abandon, that football team can beat anyone any given day. And I think this is a situation for Ohio State. We've seen it numerous times. They know what, what Clemson did to Ohio State several years ago with that spanking out there in Glendale again. Ryan Day is going to drum up that no one thinks they are going to win this football game. And this team, I have confidence, they will respond. The biggest thing for them is you have to protect the football against Clemson because they have, they have a very explosive offense with uh, ATN, the running, the running back, and Higgins, the wide receiver. So if you can protect the football and make Clemson play all four quarters, that's when Ohio State We'll um, punch them in the mouth and see how Clemson responds.
0: Switching gears to recruiting, um, it's going to be a big weekend, obviously with uh, the early signing day being this coming Wednesday, the 18th. Ohio State has a big official visit, huge official visit this weekend. C.J. Stroud will be here in town. Looking at the crystal ball, 100% of the crystal ball picks to Ohio State for the four-star quarterback, high 4 Like Early in the process, he was like a three-star, then he was a four-star. Now he's a high four-star. The number two pro-style quarterback in the country, number 83 overall prospect in the country from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Sounds like it's down to Ohio State and Georgia for C.J. Stroud, Jay Book. Um, you feeling good at, that C.J. Stroud's going to be a Buckeye? I feel great about this one, Dave.
1: I know our own Bill Curley uh, post, posted an article yesterday on bugnuts where he spoke to C.J. Stroud high school coach, and his uh, coach basically says three teams there, um, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia. He visited Michigan recently, but just look, just follow the tea leaves here. Ohio State, they're getting the last official visit right before four days before signing day. Ryan Day just completed his in-house visit with C.J. Stroud. So you're essentially telling me that Ryan Day and Mike Yerses went in-house, you know, put their sales pitch, and then the kid is turning right back around and following them to Columbus on a flight to spend an additional 48 hours with them. And then four days later, he's going to be signing on a dotted line. You really have to feel good about where you stand with this kid. Uh, the thing that, that makes it really big is he's an early enrollee along with Jack Miller. So you're going to have a nice um, quarterback competition in the spring between those two guys. And it's much needed depth to the quarterback room. So just being able to get your two incoming freshmen on the campus to participate in spring football, that's huge for this football room.
0: Going back to the current roster, Josh Proctor is a guy that is dripping with talent. I'll never forget Alex Grinch telling me last year at Rose Bowl Media Day, I asked him, hey, give me a guy that, you know, maybe isn't playing a lot right now that you think is going to be a future stud here. And he goes, Josh Proctor, for sure. He goes, mark it down, Josh Proctor will be an outstanding college football player. And, we see Josh Proctor, and not just the last play of the game. Of, poor Jack Cohn got knocked into next season uh, with that hit by Josh Proctor. My God. Um, Josh Proctor, and I'm not saying he needs to start over Jordan Fuller, don't get me wrong, but they seem to be rotating a little bit more now. I like seeing Josh Proctor out there. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, if he stays the course, especially with Jordan Fuller obviously being a senior, he's going to be a starter next year unless something crazy happens. I, I like what I'm seeing out of Josh Proctor, J. Book.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a prime time player. Like there's certain guys when you watch him on the field, they just have that it factor. You just see them, and they just they just have that different type of bounce to their step. And you see that in, in Josh Proctor's game. The guy is a big time hitter. I mean, he knocked a snot out of Wisconsin's quarterback and it was a clean hit too for all the people in the Michigan fans out there saying it was targeting. No it was not. Go back and look at the still frame. He laid him out with the shoulder by the way, I just wanted to throw that in there. But Josh Proctor, he, the thing the thing that you have to like about him is I look at him as the leader of that young DB group. And I think that DB group that's coming up is going to be outstanding. i tell you what, Dave, the one thing in the Big Ten Championship that really surprised me was how many of those young guys play critical minutes in that Big Ten Championship game. I mean, Ohio State's down 21-7, and you see Marcus Hooker, and Josh Proctor on the field together, and then you, you then you look you look back and then you see then you see uh, Brown out there with seven banks. I mean, to see a lot of those young guys just getting meaningful snaps in a championship game tells me one, the con- the coaches are very very confident um, with those younger DBs that's on the team, and two, the talent and the depth, um, and these guys getting these these prime time reps in a meaningful game is going to pay off huge for this football team come next season and the season after that.
0: So Dewan Jones was a huge project, huge, literally and figuratively. He's a huge project in the 2019 class, last guy to commit, lowest ranked member of the class. There was only 17 kids in the class last year, um, you know, three five stars and, um, by the way, I mean, that class is looking great, even though it was only 17 players. But Dewan Jones, everybody expected he would redshirt. I did a story for the site yesterday. Everybody includes DeWan Jones himself thought he would redshirt this year. You know, and the early the coaches weren't even sure if he'd play at all. You know, then they decided, oh, he's looking pretty good. Let's at least get him in there, play his four games, but still redshirt him. <laughs> then he looked so good, they were like, no, let's not redshirt him. I mean, we now have a six foot nine, 360-pound man who – is driven to play in the NFL. Um, seems like a great kid, and you can't teach that size. You can't teach his footwork. I mean, he, the kid was a great basketball player in the state of Indiana. Could be had several Division One scholarship offers for basketball. Had zero scholarship offers for football. I thought he had like one or two entering his senior year. After I talked to him after the uh, bowl game, he was like, no, I had none. He was ready to, to commit to Kent State um, for basketball. And then all of a sudden he had his senior year happen in Mississippi State. He said it was the first big school to come in, and it was just a cavalcade of schools, USC, Penn State, Ohio State. Came down to Ohio State, Penn State, USC. I'm pretty excited about Dewan Jones, man. I mean, if you can get a kid like this that's – as motivated as he is, as big as he is. I mean, talk about the sky is the limit for his potential, Jay Book.
1: Yeah, you hit it on the head when you said a motivated kid because the thing that you have to take into consideration with Jones is he came in, um, I mean, he's a massive, massive guy, but they thought that he came in um, a little overweight. So what did he do? He worked his tail off and dropped a lot of that bad weight and he totally committed himself to Coach Mick and the strength and conditioning uh, program to get himself right. He stayed disciplined. And it's hard for a kid that's coming in with the mind frame of, I'm going to redshirt, but at the same time have enough self-discipline and motivation to really push himself to get his body in the type of condition that it needs to be in. So that is a true testament to him. Um, he's dripping with talent. Um, the guy is raw. But he's he's playing ahead of, I think he's ahead of where he should be right now. Now, I want to tell you this, Dave. The one guy that deserves a ton of credit this year, that was pretty much a whipping boy on our message board uh, for several years is Stud. I mean, the job that he's done this year, you cannot shortchange him. You have five offensive linemen starters that make all Big Ten under his watch. You have a raw player in DeWan Jones who's coming in who didn't ha- really have any offers until late when he blew up. You develop him in that short amount of time to where he's going to be potentially the future uh, future starter on the offensive line. And then you look at guys like Harry Miller, guys who are um, – you know, five stars coming in, but they got him ready to go. I just think the job that Stud did this year was outstanding, and kudos to him because a lot of people thought that he shouldn't even been brought back when Ryan Day got the job, but he's showing his chops right now. I think on the recruiting trail, he had a pretty solid year, and then on the, on the field, I think he did an outstanding job getting those guys ready to play. Obviously, the offensive line – can play better when it comes to pass pro. Uh, a lot of that also has to deal with Justin Fields holding the ball a little longer than what you like. But overall, anytime you can get all five of your guys making all conference, that's a big, big uh, coaching job coming from from Stud.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, who would have thought Ohio State would have all five offensive linemen make all Big Ten? And that includes first team through third team. We're not talking even talking honorable mention though. I mean, all of them are, were either first team, second team, or third team. All Big Ten. I don't think I've ever seen that. So kudos to Coach Studd. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm also glad that Kevin Wilson is sticking around. Not so he can, not just for his offensive expertise as far as putting game plans together and what he does with the tight ends, but he helps out with the offensive line. So I think Coach Stud and Coach Wilson are a good tandem in there. I'm very glad right. you brought that up.
1: And the, uh, and the uh, thing, thing you have to go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. Dave. And the thing about the relationship with Kevin Wilson and Stud is when Kevin Wilson helps out, he's usually the guy that's helping out with the tackles. Where's the strength of Ohio State's offensive line It's the center through guard position. The center through guard position this year has been outstanding. I mean, Wyatt Davis. I'm seeing he's He's, he's first-team um, All-American on a lot of pundits' board. I mean, Cole Kubelik, who covers the SEC, who's an offensive line guru, he has Wyatt Davis as the best interior lineman in all of college football. And seeing the growth that he's taken this year can't be understated. So you have to give Stud his props for even if you want to say Kevin Wilson helps out with the tackles, the, the performance from the interior guys have been remarkable this year.
0: Those three guys are all maulers inside. Jay, but you're right. I mean, you know, Josh Myers at center, Jonah Jackson at left guard, and of course Wyatt Davis at right guard. Those guys are maulers, and there's just—I mean—they could put like a probably a three-hour highlight video of those guys just knocking the crap out of of opposing defensive linemen this year. It's been great. Jonah Jackson leads the team in in knockdowns, and Wyatt Davis is like, you know, we're all all trying to to chase Jonah. I mean, my gosh, Ohio State just knocked it out of the park with transfers, with uh, obviously Justin Fields, who gets all the pub, but Jonah Jackson was a great get as well. All right, let's end the show. I want to give props to Gene Smith. Gene Smith's taken a lot of flack over the years. I don't think lately he's taken any flack. But and I mean like over the last couple weeks, but Gene Smith's taken a lot of flack over the years from Ohio State fans. I will admit, I was critical of Gene Smith during the Jim Trestle stuff. I didn't like the way he handled it, but looking back, you know, I I just, to say I forgive Gene Smith is like, that, that, that doesn't even do it justice. I think Gene Smith has completely... Hit a Grand Slam home run with everything that he has done with coaching hires. It's amazing when you look at. Now, Urban Meyer, I think, was going to be here regardless. I've said that. I'm not backing away from that. I think he was going to be here even if I was the athletic director, heaven forbid. I think Urban Meyer was coming here regardless. But I give, Urban, I give Gene Smith a lot of credit for the Ryan Day hire because it would have been very easy. and There was a lot of pressure on Gene to do a national search, bring guys in for interviews like Matt Campbell and other guys. He, no, he said no. I knew this Ryan Day was my guy. I know this guy is going to be a stud, and he was right. Also, Chris Holtman. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, well, he, uh, he flirted around with other schools and McDermott and all this at Creighton. Gene Smith was given, like, he, basically, you know, the boosters – pretty much forced the hand with Thad Mata. So Gene Smith had like hardly any time to hire a basketball coach. What does he do, Jay Book? He brings in Chris Holtman, who now has the Buckeyes on the verge. I think when the new rankings come out, as long as they take care of business this weekend against Minnesota, the Ohio State Buckeyes will be number one in the country in college basketball. They're number two in college football, and they might win the national championship. I just want to give kudos to Gene Smith. I was one of the ones that was one of his critics. Now I think that he is – Fantastic. The two most important things you can do at Ohio State, you hire the head football coach, you hire the head men's basketball coach. He has knocked both of those out of the park.
1: I agree. I mean, I know Gene, um, like you mentioned, caught a lot of slack after uh, Trestle's situation and, you know, not taking the bowl ban when Ohio State uh, probably could have beat Notre Dame for the national championship, Urban's first year. Um, But as far as the health of the football program, and I give Gene a lot of credit because a lot of things have went down and I think Gene has really handled himself um very well. You know, I I think of, I think back when the whole press conference, you know, last summer after the whole Zach Smith fiasco when Urban was going to accept a three game suspension, um when they were having that media, you know, kind of press conference there, it was Gene Smith who really handle things in a more professional light than you can say that, you're, that the uh, president did. It was Gene who went up there and bit the bullet when it came to all of the tough questions. And then you mentioned the basketball program. Just the health of the basketball program, they're going to be a number one team. The future looks right there. But I want to tell you the one thing that really um, up my respect for Gene was when he came out last week and said that after he he resigned from the college football committee because he didn't like the way Ohio State was treated. And I give him all the respect in the world because any time Ohio State was mentioned, he had to recuse himself. And when he came back in the room, he said it, it didn't sit right with him the way Ohio State was being viewed and the way Ohio State was being treated by the playoff committee. I mean, Ohio State had just won the Big Ten Championship, and then you take a, a Georgia team who lost in the SEC championship and you jumped them, and, and kudos to Gene because he he felt that um, that that wasn't right and he didn't want to be part of it. And he could have easily sit on the board um, there another year with the playoff committee and, you know, flown to Texas and been involved, but he took up for his school and he and he, he let those guys know how he felt and he no longer wanted to participate in something that he felt his university and football program was being disrespected by the way uh, committee members were viewing them and ranking SEC teams over Ohio State. So, to me, uh, the fact that he did that, it gives me a little bit more respect for him, how he goes about his business.
0: No doubt about it. Fantastic stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. Jay Book, and Jay Book has... The honor of hosting the Buckeyes for what, like the tenth time in the last uh, fifteen years, it seems like down in your neck of the woods in Arizona. But no, I'm glad that we're going to be down there in the Valley of the Sun for the Fiesta Bowl, the College Football Playoffs. Uh, can't wait to see you, man, and uh, appreciate your time as always. He is Jonah Booker, and I appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's try the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Fire, 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 fire.